Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NBA Finals now that it's all set. Golden State and Cleveland again for the fourth time. We're going to check them out. We're going to talk about Game 7s that happened between Golden State and Houston, as well as Cleveland and Boston. We're also going to get into a little bit of NFL talk. Of course, Brandon Marshall going to the Seahawks for a one-year deal. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. My co-host Earl Ross joins me right now, and that's on Guys Talking What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Uh, we appreciate everybody for subscribing. We appreciate everybody for listening in, um, checking us out, you know, hitting us up in social media and everything. But for now, without further ado, let's get right into it. I got my co-host with me, Earl Ross, with me. So what's going on, man? Earl, how you doing? Good. Trying to still recover from a long uh, Memorial um, weekend, but um, back at work tomorrow and just got to get some sleep tonight. <laughs> As of as of as of I as well, um, I know Adrian. He's I think he's on assignment right now, so he's probably doing more coverage of the NBA Finals now that that's all set. So we'll probably hear back from him sometime next week. Speaking of the NBA Finals, that has all now been set. We got the fourth installment of Cleveland and and Golden State for the NBA championship. So um, let's talk about what happened in Game Seven between. Cleveland and Boston, and of course, Golden State and Houston. So I'm going to just let you, you know, anything, any surprises, any disappointments, you know, anything that sticks out out of all both of those game sevens for you? Well, clearly my pick to uh, make the finals was going to be uh, Houston and uh, Cleveland. And up until the first half of that game seven, it looked like I was going to about to be right. And then the second half came in 26. Missed three attempts. 26. And I had to let that one sink in because I was watching the game and it didn't, I didn't realize it until someone was like, oh, they're at 20 missed um, three-point uh, attempts. That's what happened. <laughs> you live by the three, you die by the three, and that's exactly what happened to the Boston Celtics. Live by the three and die by the three. And as one commentator said last night, they do realize – you can shoot two. You don't have to always jack up threes. And that's exactly what happened. Um, not surprising. I mean, Houston jumped out on an early lead, had all the momentum, was playing very inspired, a lot of defense, you know, banging up on them. On um, the Golden State Warriors, just not giving them much lane. Uh, Clay Thompson got in the three, got in the foul trouble early with three fouls, two within the first, what, two minutes, I believe. And um, he was basically a non-factor at that point up until the fourth quarter. So, I mean, if you're Houston, you know, at halftime, you had you had the champs down by what I believe it was 10 points, I think it was, or 11. Um, you're riding good, and they came out at halftime, and they couldn't hit the side of a brick wall. With, and you can't trade, you know, you can't trade missed, you know, um, threes like that with Golden State because they're going to hit their twos. And then once, you know, Curry started cooking and hit behind a three-point arc, it was a wrap. I mean, after the fourth, after the end of the third quarter, I thought the game was over because Houston just didn't look like they had no answer. There was no Chris Paul in there to kind of stabilize the troops and hit them big shots because he hit them big shots in game five. And 
he was definitely missing game six. And I think in game seven, he would have kind of settled the troops, got some twos, got in a lane, mixed some things up. But um, Harden couldn't hit anything. Eric Gordon, who was lighting the ass up in the first half, couldn't hit anything. I mean, Trevor Reza was just still jacking up open looks at that. A lot of open looks, and they just couldn't hit. And it was, you know, sometimes the basketball gods smile on you, and sometimes the basketball gods fuck you. And fortunately for Houston, they got screwed. They they couldn't hit anything. I mean, everybody knew what was going to happen in the third quarter. Golden State, as true to form, came out third quarter, started lighting them up. And you just saw it in Chris Paul's face on the, on the side. He just knew, banging the, banging the seat, pissed off, mad, because he just knew. He, he saw what was coming. He knew what exactly was happening. He didn't seen this when he was a clipper, and he exactly knew what was coming, and there was absolutely nothing he could do about it. And, you know, Golden State is back into the finals again. You know, Cleveland, I was very disappointed in Boston. I mean – very disappointing in Boston. You had the champs down at 10 at the, well, excuse me. You had LeBron James down at 10 at the halftime. When you get the King down, yo, you go for the kill shot. Don't, don't dance around anything. You go for the kill shot. But once again, they kept jacking up threes instead of going to the lane. The only person that was really going to the lane was Jason Tatum and Terry Rogier. But everybody else kept jacking up threes and just go to the lane. Go at LeBron James, actually. Get him some early foul trouble. He'll get a little tentative. But if not, if you let him play free safety, then he'll get those, you know, you know, run blocks behind it, you know, shot blocks that makes everybody think he's this extraordinary defensive player when he's a cherry-picking defensive player at best. So, uh, but he, you know, enough to be said, I think Boston Celtics gave that game up more than Cleveland took it because they have – it's not like they were getting contested threes and they were just blocking the threes. They had an open, you know, open threes. But when you see your fault, your you know, shots not falling, switch up to the two. Drive to the lane. You could have did that, but they didn't do that. And their missed threes led to quick Cleveland bu- buckets. And they got it back up with two-point lead in the fourth quarter. But then after um, Jeff Green, of all people, hit a three and another two. Actually, after halftime, once they lost a 10-point lead, and I was actually listening to the game driving back from um, Atlanta. And after they lost the tempo lead in the third quarter, I was just like, it, they're done. It was a wrap. So I was very disappointed with Boston. I mean, you had a golden opportunity at home, and you just could not hit them with the kill shot and put them away because they were begging to be put away in the third quarter, and you just couldn't do it. You gave – you gave Cleveland, you gave LeBron James a little bit of life, and he and he ran and he ran away with it. Um, I'm a uh, Boston, Boston, Boston. Where <laughs> do I begin? Uh I said this a while back. If people wanted to take you seriously, you need to beat Cleveland in Cleveland. Like that was really the bottom line. Otherwise, like you said, you had to go for the kill shot. You had to take them right then and now. You don't want them to become a game seven. And even if it was a game seven, you, you know, the advantage was all yours. You had home court advantage. You was undefeated, 10-0 and 0 in home court advantage. This should have been like the most relaxed atmosphere you could have ever had. 
And not only did you get not perform to your standards, you got outplayed in the second half. And to be honest, Boston and Houston did the one thing that they, you know, like you said, you live by the three, you die by the three. And Houston, to an extent, did it more so than what Boston did, but Boston is still did was jacking up threes as well when they could have easily went for the twos. And this is like a, a case of experience, I think, more so. Golden State, Cleveland been there, done that, you know, so they had the experience. They were just waiting for the missed opportunities and take advantage of it. And they sure enough took advantage of it in game sevens. Um, I will say this, as far as Houston goes, although they missed all those threes and, you know, not going for the twos, I think this is where they really needed Chris Paul. And I am a firm believer now when you said it before that you gave Houston the edge, I'm a firm believer that if Chris Paul played that game, it doesn't matter if Iggy played or didn't play, I think Chris Paul would have settled him down to get a win. And all he needed was just one more win. And I really believe that Chris Paul would have put Houston over the top. Now, granted, Golden State for doing what they were supposed to – they did what they were supposed to do. They hung in there and got the two wins out. But I'm very curious to see how this would have changed if Chris Paul would have still played. I mean, as much as Andre Iguodala was a factor, I don't think they missed him as much as Houston missed CP3. And, as, and you know, I heard people say it on the radio, and, and I'm a firm believer, even though James Harden is the best player in Houston, Chris Paul was their important player, the most important player. And when he left and when he went down, that was a factor. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not really thrilled of this finals at this point. Um, frankly, I would have wanted to see anybody else but these two teams. Um, at least it would have been different. Um, so I will not be surprised if the ratings are, ain't where they're supposed to be with the NBA finals. Um, but it is what it is. Kudos to both Cleveland and Golden State, and especially kudos to Cleveland. And I'm not going to – I mean, I'm going to give LeBron his just due. He did what he was supposed to do. But kudos to the rest of the team for finally stepping up when it needed to be mattered the most. So I'm not going to – you know, LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. We got that. That's not no, – no, no knock on him. But it's kudos to the rest of the Cleveland Cavaliers for definitely matching the intensity and playing with a purpose because you definitely didn't see it and majority of this playoffs. So I have to give credit where credit is due. Kudos to the Cavaliers team for stepping up when they need to step up to make it into the NBA Finals. Yeah, enough can be said about that because that's a team effort. And as much as, you know, you know, you know, King James carries the load that last game seven, that was definitely team effort. I mean, you don't get – if you ain't getting 19 out of Jeff Green, Tristan Thompson putting in 10, I mean – God, you know, God forbid J.R. Smith was even <laughs> hitting some threes in that game. I mean, if you don't get contribution, actually, if you don't get that 19 points out of Jeff Green, I don't know that they don't win. Even with all the missed shots, they don't win because Jeff Green was, you know, the unsung, unforced. He was that person. He was that He was that Kevin Love or he was that supposed to be Kyrie, that person that was able to, you know, keep keep the game close and not let LeBron do all the work himself and you know, as much as people are going to give LeBron James his, his, his just due and say he carried that team and dragged that team, 
he didn't do it all by himself in game seven. He got a lot of help. And if it wasn't for that help, they would have lost. So, But outside of that, I mean, um, I was kind of hoping Houston would, would win. But like he said before, <laughs> and I said, hard to trust Mike Dan and Tony, but I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt with Chris Paul because he did, he's never had Chris Paul in that squad. We, <laughs> we, know what he, you know, we know what he's done with, you know, hard up to this point. But like Chris Paul was – actually, if anybody had Chris Paul in game six, they would have won that game because that game was in the balance up until right before maybe going towards the end of the third quarter, there was still a chance that they can still kind of get back in. But near the end of the third quarter, and you, they couldn't do anything with Clay Thompson. I mean, here you have a series where really Durant wasn't had one good game, the first game, and then he was quiet for, mm-hmm. the, for the rest of the half. Steph Curry was up and down. He was quiet. He's quiet in the first half of games, but explodes the third quarter, and then it's like, eh, in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, they had you had they had the opportunities. It was right there. I mean, Golden State just they had a tough, tough, tough series, and I'm pretty sure they're going to clean a lot of things up. But if they look like they had in this Houston series, I would not be surprised. If Cleveland catches them slipping, it's in at least Dill's first game at home. And maybe just in, I think it could go six. And maybe seven. That's the best thing that the NBA wants a competitive seven game series. I don't know because they, they got a lot of missing holes, but it depends on which Golden State Warriors team comes to play. And there's a big, there's a person who's probably not going to play, which Iggy, I think, is the primary defender on LeBron James. That's going to be interesting right there. But Cleveland also don't, I don't know if Kevin Love is going to be available for game one either. So you, there is some, you know, but um, before I, I, I say about this, I will say this. To any Houston fans out there that is putting this blame on Dan Tony, I can't even do that. I can't. Dan Tony is not to blame for this because whatever system Dan Tony did got you to this point, to this location. And if it wasn't for CP3's injury, you probably would be in the finals. So I cannot blame Dan Tony's system. It worked. He didn't, and to be honest, it's not even technically his system because for the majority of it, his team was all isolated basketball anyway. So for all those who was blaming D'Antoni because he ain't make no necessary changes, it's, no, no, it's not D'Antoni's fault at all. It's not D'Antoni's fault that, job, that Houston missed all those three-pointers. It's not D'Antoni's fault that, you know, you got, y'all got to where y'all are with because of D'Antoni and James Harden and CP3, but D'Antoni's system worked. So – Still had the best defense, one of the best defenses in the NBA. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they what they do in the summer going forward. Uh, but go state and Cleveland series. I just hope it's competitive. That's all I want right now at this point. I just hope it's competitive. If it's competitive, that's good enough for me. That's <laughs> that's all I can say about that. I'm right there with you, man. Because I'm. Uh... I think there's a fatigue. I mean, I think there's – well, do you think there's more fatigue of the Golden State Warriors, including Cavaliers, or do you think it's more fatigue of LeBron James in the finals, eight, going to be eight straight years? 
for me, both. Like without question, both. Um, I always told, like I always said that I, I I love. I don't like it when it's constant. I like change. Um, I don't like it when there's always one team going back to back to back to back. You know, and to be honest, that's why I'm sort of almost tired of Golden State as well because I would love to see different. I'm I'm rooting for other teams. That's where I'm at right now. I'm always rooting for the underdog. I'm rooting for other teams to step up and represent their conference in um, the finals. That's where I'm at right now. I wouldn't to be honest. I wouldn't mind a Golden State, Boston, or a Houston, Cleveland um, finals. Um, but to have Golden State and and Cleveland again, it it doesn't work for me. Especially after the third installment when. The previous two seasons, both of them won one title apiece. So when that third season, I mean, for the third finals last year, that decided the, who was the ultimate, you know, person going forward. I thought that was good enough to close out. That's why I was rooting for other teams to win or make it to the finals. Um, and that's my opinion. I don't think that a lot of people really want to see this again. No, the, there, there, there is no intrigue. I mean, it's the same thing back in the 90s when you had the, um, I mean, I mean, when you had the Michael Jordan fatigue, I mean, when you went, you know, six and eight years, and if he didn't, he wasn't told to take two years off, or, you know, and go play baseball, he might have went eight for eight. And um, it really bad fatigue. So just like in the, you know, 2000, there was no really competitive person. There was competitive teams, but I think everybody kind of understood that, my, that the Bulls were going to win with Jordan all those championships. I mean, there might have been – the first year with the, with the Lakers where it was, it was in debate um, maybe with the Phoenix Suns where you had, um, you know, um, Charles Barkley was in debate. Um, but outside of that, I think, you know, all of it was pretty much, you kind of knew it was going to be the Bulls and there was a Jordan fatigue and he won, you know, six. So that was a definite fatigue right now to me is the LeBron fatigue. He doesn't win, but, the fatigue, in my opinion, gets added on when you start adding on that conversation of is he the GOAT, is he better than Jordan, which I hate that conversation with a passion. I really hate it. But to me, Golden State, I, I haven't gotten fatigued with them, but I got fatigued with them in, in Cleveland, per se, because in my opinion, it should have been 3-0 and against LeBron. I think that second series, they – choked it choked it away um even if you know Draymond Green got injured actually it was Andrew Bogut that got hurt that really cost him the whole series bar none but you know well, that's a different story but I'm fatigued too I'm like you I'm hoping it's a competitive series I'm hoping to go seven um I don't think it will I mean you know these ain't you know these ain't the Toronto Raptors these ain't the Indiana Pacers and ain't they Boston Celtics he's playing against. He knows this team, and this is a much different beast, especially if you let them get cooking. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, the last thing you want now is – the last thing I want right now out of this finals is a sweep. And I'm not saying that that will happen, but, you know, that's the last thing you would want in the NBA finals is a sweep. I mean, it was bad enough to five games last year, and that was with Kyrie. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays because a lot of people is not, you know, a lot of people is not, you know, picking them to win. So 
uh, I'm just basically just fatigued off this whole thing. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, like all Joe, I really hope next year there. Well, I'll say this: with next year, um, barring injuries, I think that that will be the year because uh, we already seen like on the cusp of LeBron almost getting knocked out of the actual Eastern Conference, whether it was first round with Indiana, whether it was with, um, not Toronto, um, whether it was with Boston. So, you know, it's there for the taking because the East is a lot more competitive than it was previous years where LeBron was just running rough shot through with his teams with Miami and Cleveland. So it'll be interesting to see how maybe next year will be the year where it goes over the edge where somebody actually um, knocks them out of the Eastern Conference. So, and uh, unless, I mean, that's if he doesn't go to a Western team. <laughs> I want you to, I mean, um, you know, when you look at the landscape of the East, the East has definitely been, you know, very lackluster, you know, during his during his multiple trips to, you know, to the conference, you know, to the finals. I mean, this year, this is probably the one year I think he probably had the most work to do than out of all the years prior, but the but he's had less talent than he's probably had since his first run to the finals um, with the first Cleveland Cavs. Actually, that Cleveland Cavs was not that bad, but this one is just this team doesn't fit well. It doesn't mesh at all. And um, he's trying to make it work, but it just doesn't mesh. And um, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, you got pushed by Indiana Pacers, with, you know, Oladipo, which is a growing young star. And that team is going to be good next year. You got pushed to seven by Boston with, I believe if they had Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, it might've been, <laughs> it might've been them on, on, um, on the other end. Um you got a lot of young, good teams coming up in the East, and I think LeBron's here to look at the landscape, and he's got to know that he may, depending on what happens in the offseason, he may got one more year where he might be able to get himself by himself with the team to the finals, because after that, you have Indiana, you have Boston, you have Philly, you have, um, you know, you have the Bucks. I mean, um, it's, well, it depends on what the hell they do with the Bucks, but you have a lot of good teams on the young, good teams in the East coming up. And unless LeBron James run to the Sixers, and I hope he doesn't because they don't necessarily need him. I mean, uh, we might finally get a chance where the changing of the guards might happen within a year or two. Yeah. No, but I will say this. Like, if he runs someplace to another team, like, would that really, would that really hurt? his legacy going forward? It depends on where he goes. Because right now, you're chasing rings and you're basically turning into those free agent players that don't want to play for anybody unless they're a championship team. So you're turning into, quote-unquote, a Ray Allen that went from Boston and went to Miami. Or you're turning into um, – some other guys that just go from team to team and, and link up with LeBron, whomever, because they think they're going to win a championship. He's one of the teams that's going to at least to have to have a good second or a good person that could back him up. So like I was, like I made a comment before, if he was to go to the New York Knicks, well, what they have and don't have and take that team to the, to the finals, <laughs> and or win, that would be a greater accomplishment. But for me, if you run to another team, it just – I don't know. I mean, it 
I don't think it, it it enhances his legacy at all, unless depending on the team where he goes. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, I would love to see him. Look, technically, he's kind of doing that now with the team he has. Um, not really that much star power outside of Kevin Love um, and taking them into the finals. So, I mean, I, the one thing I always would have criticized because I said, it, you know, before I was like, yo, he always plays with superstars. It'd be interesting to see how he does when there's not a superstar on the team. And to be honest, he's doing that now. Um, not saying, you know, Kevin Love is a superstar per se, but still, he's still doing it with less talent that he had in previous times um, when he went to the finals. So I'm not – I'm just waiting to see what will happen next in this offseason. That's really where I'm at right now. I'm, to be honest – the finals is going to be intriguing, but not intriguing for me enough to, to keep my attention. I'm right now. I'm just focusing on the off season right now. So, and the draft, that's really what I'm looking forward to right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like this. I will. Honestly, I'm gonna watch the first game of the, the first, I should watch the first two games of the, of the series. And that, to me, that's usually an indicator of how it's going to go. Um, I think if Cleveland has, I think Cleveland is going to at least win one in Golden State, whether it's going to be one at the first two or or after that. But if the Cavs still game game one in Golden State, which I think they actually might, um, then that one might make things a little bit more interesting, and that might actually pique my interest. If they get in there and Golden State, you know, blows them out by like you know twenty or thirty. I'm not going to be an interest because I know eventually he just don't have the ammunition. And then there's going to be all the constant talk about, well, Oh, LeBron James is, is the goat. He's better than Jordan, but he doesn't have enough teams. So that's why we can't validate his wins and losses in the finals, even though he's going to, he'll have more losses than wins, but he's still better than Jordan, even though he hasn't won as many finals. So that's what we're going to hear if it's going to look bad, but make it interesting. Give me seven. Give me something to look forward to. If not, I'm like you said, I'm be disinterested in waiting on football. <laughs> no, I agree with you on that. Definitely agree with you on that. Um, so we'll just wait and see once the finals kick off on Thursday, whether or not it's going to be an interesting series, to say the least. Whether we'll see whether or not Cleveland and and Go State give us two great battles, or if it's just going to be a one-sided affair. So we'll see how things play out. Now, um, real quick before we get out of here, because this is a shortened version of Guys Talking Sports, uh, just real quick, Brandon Marshall signed a one-year deal with the Seattle Seahawks in which he posted his signing or his, his team choosing on Instagram. So I know you being the resident with the football talk and knowledge, even though Adrian is not here, um, let me get your takes on this with the Brandon Marshall going to Seattle. That's an interesting signing. I mean, you know, he's, you know, going to his 12th season, um, you know, 34 year old, you know, receiver, which in the NFL is old. <laughs> so, um, I think he's going to be a nice, I think it'd be a nice addition. He's on a one year contract. So I'm assuming it's a, a one year, $2 million laden fee with, I think it was like a million million dollar signing bonus so he's very cheap um maybe he'll have better luck with the um, Seahawks because the Giants signed it to almost an identical kind of deal um 
you know, with that second year option, but he got all his money up front. So, I mean, if he's, if he doesn't get injured, then I think he'll be a good, you know, third down, you know, a third down receiver or somebody like that can kind of come in in a slot or kind of come on the outside and kind of battle where they need a receiver down in the red zone. Now that's what the Giants initially wanted him for as a receiver to battle in the red zone to give Odell some help, but he got injured and then he feels physical. So now here goes Brandon Marshall to Seattle, which I think it might be good. Um, he's definitely going to get some work. I mean, it's, you know, it, it opens up a lot more threats with him and Jimmy Graham. And then you have Russell Wilson as a running option, you know, down in the red zone. So it does open up some good things for him. So, I mean, this is going to be interesting. We'll see how it goes. If he stays healthy, um, I think he's definitely, he can contribute. Um, but once again, he's getting a one-year deal and your boy Des Bryant has no deal. <laughs> the X is just being X'd out. Almost feels like he's getting blackball right now with the, with, with everything that's going on. But I think this will help um, with all the other wide receivers that are still out there. I think this will help the jumpstart the market now knowing that even though Brandon Marshall got his signing and even though it was a one-year deal, I think that wide receivers now will see what they're worth to other teams and maybe there's a signing out there where it'll get the ball rolling for other wide receivers that are still free agents. Um, I, I kind of like the signing because it's one of those, you know, I'm still here. Let me show what I'm worth um, type of deals. So, you know, and like you said, he could definitely do wonders on the red zone for Seattle and definitely help them out. Um, something that Russell Wilson definitely needs at this stage um, with some of the wide receivers, you know, going different places. So um, there is a name out there for him. Hopefully we'll get more people to come in. Um, hopefully we'll see more wide receivers get signed going forward, especially with the OTA start. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I would be very shocked if you're in training camp and some of those, especially Des Bryant, is not signed on somewhere. I think um, – like we talked about it before, I think Jerry Jerry Jones did him a great disservice by not not cutting them at the beginning of free agency. But I think he did that on purpose because I think he didn't want him to go to a team that would, you know, he would play against. So, I mean, if you can get Brandon Marshall to get, you know, with the Seahawks, and he was he even play majority of last year because he got hurt. I mean, if he can get a deal, I think Des Bryant can get a deal as well. Just, it's how much you want to swallow. You're not yeah. going to get one. <laughs> no, I was about to say, I was about to say, he's going to have to swallow and take, you know, swallow some of that pride and, and might go for a little bit less than what he's looking for at this like, stage. Like that deal that Brandon Marshall got, that's pretty much the outlier of Des Bryant, what you're going to get. <laughs> but yes, definitely true. Definitely true. Um, well, all right. Well, we're coming up to the end of our program. So, I'd like to thank you, everybody, for checking us out. Um, let them know where they can reach you at, Earl. Uh, you can reach me on the gram and Twitter, Ross number seven, at. And, of course, you can reach me at I am Al Qualls. Again, I am Al Qualls on Instagram and Twitter. And, of course, um, shout-outs to everybody out there checking us out, Guys Talking Sports. Catch us next week. Hopefully, Adrian will be back from his assignment, giving us all the insight of sports. You know, meeting people, talking with different types of celebrities and players out there, wherever he's at. So 
hopefully he'll give us the insight of what's going on probably at the OTAs as well so we'll check back next week same time same channel catch us again until next time guys take care god bless and good night good night